Sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, this morning we looked at uh, the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 8, which shows us that the one true God reveals himself in Scripture as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And tonight we will look a little bit at what Jesus teaches about the three persons of God in John chapter 14. And we will also be looking at a few common mistakes that people make when they try to explain the doctrine of the Trinity. The doctrine of the Trinity is central to the Christian faith, so central that the Athanasian Creed that we recited earlier says that whoever desires to be saved should above all hold to this Catholic faith. Anyone who does not keep it whole and unbroken will doubtless perish eternally. And yet, the Trinity continues to be one of the most complicated and easily misunderstood doctrines of the Christian faith. Many people simply avoid the topic of the Trinity altogether, but as we saw this morning, it's something that we can't avoid, especially if we want to be a church that's faithful to what Scripture teaches. This morning, we explored the biblical witness to the Trinity. And this evening, we'll be delving more into the mystery of the God we worship. And I find that the words of the Athanasian Creed here are beautiful and simple. That this is the Catholic faith. That we worship one God in Trinity, and the Trinity in unity. Many of us grew up with different analogies of the Trinity. I know I did myself, and heard a lot more through my time in college and seminary. Um, and so what I want to do tonight um, is I want to go through these different analogies um, because I've, I've always found these analogies to fall short, not just because um, all analogies eventually fall short, um, but I think that part of the reason that the analogies um, uh, are so troubling is because uh, a lot of them actually lead us into um, mistaken ideas about the Trinity. Um, and the other thing that bothers me about them is that none of them are biblical analogies. Um, the Bible doesn't give us any analogies of the Trinity. Um, and so any analogies that we try to make of what the Trinity is and what the Trinity is like and how it works uh, are things that we create. Um, so that's how I kind of want to split up the sermon this evening. I want to do the first half of the sermon going through these uh, different analogies and talking about uh, the different um, mistakes that we make in thinking about the Trinity. And then in the second half, I just want to say a couple things about John chapter 14 um, and what we can say about the Trinity. So the first half of the sermon is going to be sort of like what we can't say about the Trinity or, or what we say wrong about the Trinity. And then the second half will be things that we can say about the Trinity. Um, and part of the inspiration for this, uh, and I thought about showing this to you guys, but um, there, there's a YouTube video um, that's really funny. Um, it's an animated video of uh, St. Patrick talking with two Irish farmers. Um, and the two Irish farmers ask St. Patrick to uh, explain to them how the Trinity works. And uh, St. Patrick goes through these different, and presents these different analogies. Um, and then the Irish farmers say, oh no, that's actually a heresy. <laughs> and um, it's a really funny video. I thought about showing it to you guys tonight, but I thought that after a video, you probably wouldn't pay attention to me. Um, so I figured that I would just go through all of these different analogies myself. 
um, and we could have a little bit of fun with them. Um, and so, so that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through and I'm going to present a few different analogies for the Trinity and then how they fall short um, and, and um, how they lead us astray. So the first one, and I don't know if this is one that um, many of us have heard, but it's, it's one that I actually heard uh, in seminary. We, I had a class in seminary. We were doing uh, theology, and the professor asked us what uh, analogies of the Trinity we had heard. And the first person to raise their hand said, well, the Trinity is like water, which is sometimes ice and sometimes liquid and sometimes steam. And our professor immediately said, that's modalism. Um, and modalism is an, an ancient heresy and is probably the most prevalent of the Trinitarian heresies for us today, which is this idea that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are sort of different uh, faces that God puts on at different points in time. So like in the Old Testament, God is the Father, and then at the Incarnation, God becomes the Son, and then after the Ascension, God becomes the Holy Spirit. And so it's this sort of idea that, that God the Father becomes God the Son, becomes God the Holy Spirit, that God wears these, different, these three different masks um, at different times throughout the story of the Bible. And the, the reason that that analogy uh, points to this heresy is because uh, water can't be ice, liquid, and steam at the same time, obviously. It has to be, uh, it, it transitions from one to the other. Um, and so that's something that we, um, that we deny about the Trinity. We, we do not say that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are different faces of God. We say that they are persons of God. Another analogy that I've heard, um, and this is actually a very old analogy. The, some of the early church fathers used this analogy but recognized its, uh, its dangers. Um, that the Trinity is like a family with a father, a mother, and a child. That these three persons form one family. Um, but the error that this analogy leads us into is called tritheism, which is the belief in three gods, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three different gods who together form a sort of uh, pantheon uh, that we call God. Um, so that's another one that we avoid. We don't talk about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit as being different gods who together form the divine essence or something like that. Um, so that's another one that we avoid. Another one that's very, very old, this one actually goes back to uh, probably the, the second or third century, um, is this idea of God as, um, as the sun, right? And the sun has three parts, the star, the light, and the heat. The star, the light that the star emits, and the heat that the star emits. And this was actually an analogy used by the Arians um, in the, for the first 500 years of church history. The Arians believe, or they, the Arians were the followers of Arius, not the, not the Arians from Europe, different Arians. Um, Arians were the followers of Arius, who was, uh, who was uh, 
uh, a theologian um, early on in the history of the church. And Arius believed that the Son and the Spirit were not God. They were not eternal. They were not um, uncreated. Arius believed that the Son and the Spirit were the first things that God the Father created in the creation. And this was a heresy that, uh, that was very uh, prevalent in the early church for the first 500 years of the church. Um, and that's, that's where that analogy falls short, is because the, 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 the star and the light and the heat are not equal. They're not, uh, they're not the same. They're not all one thing. Um, the, the star creates the light and the heat in the way that the Arians believed that God the Father created the Son and the Spirit. Um, and so that's another one that falls short. The um, one that's kind of related to that, and I don't have an analogy for this one, so this one's just kind of its own thing, um, but one that's kind of related to that, and I think that this is a really common one today too, um, is, the, uh, is the idea that the Holy Spirit, that, that the Father and the Son are God, are persons, and then the Holy Spirit is just sort of the, the relationship between them, or the, 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 the force, the, the, yeah, the force sort of from Star Wars, right? Um, and that's also a heresy. We believe that the Holy Spirit is a person uh, of, of God. Um, the last one that I want to deal with, the last analogy, is one that I actually grew up with a children's book about. Um, and did, did any of you have the, the, the apple, the little apple book? No? Am I the only one? Okay. Well, you had good parents <laughs> who did not lead you into heresy. Our, my, parents, uh, my parents both went to seminary. I don't know if you, you all know that. Uh, my parents both went to seminary, and they're very uh, theologically keen. Um, and they actually used this, uh, this children's book of the apple uh, to teach us what not to believe about the Trinity. They would sit down with us and read the story to us and tell us how it was wrong. <laughs> but um, this, this book, this children's book that we had of the apple uh, had... Uh, it had an apple, and it, it sort of over the course of the book, it dissected the apple and, uh, and showed how the apple is like the Trinity. And you have the core, which represents God the Father, uh, and the flesh, which represents God the Son, who became flesh, and then the, um, the what do you call it, the, the peeling, the rind, the, the outside part, the red part, um, which was the Holy Spirit. Um, who sort of surrounds everything and is the part that we interact with first. Um, and, I mean, it was kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool analogy. Um, but what it ends up doing is it ends up dividing uh, God into three parts. Um, and this is another heresy, um, not one that many people ever um, held to, so it doesn't, have a, it doesn't have a heresy name, like a catchy heresy name, uh, like tritheism or Arianism or anything like that. Um, but the, it, it represents this idea that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are sort of each one-third of God. Um, that, you know, Father plus Son plus Holy Spirit equals God. Um, and, yeah, and that's, that's also something that we deny because we believe that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are, are all equal and are all God. Um, one of the things that the Athanasian Creed said uh, is that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Spirit is God. So when we talk about God the Father, 
we're talking about God. And when we talk about God the Son, we're talking about God. Um, and so, so there's this, um, I mean, there's obviously this profound mystery that happens here. Um, but but we, we don't believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are each a third of the divine being. So these are the things that we should not say about the Trinity. We should not say that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are different roles that God plays at different times. We should not say that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three different gods. We should not say that the Father created the Son and the Spirit. And we should not say that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are three parts of God. So those are things that we can't say about the Trinity. But what can we say? And for this, we turn to Scripture, to Jesus' words to his disciples here in the upper room. This is... Um, yeah, like I said earlier, this is one of the longer sections of the Gospel of John. Um, and Jesus covers a whole variety of things in chapters 13 through 17. And, and it's, it's really, I mean, just this amazing, uh, this amazing um, long conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. It's, it's really powerful um, if, you, if you have the time someday to just read through John uh, 13 through 17. Um, and, and do it out loud, and do it like, like in parts, like with whoever you're reading it with. Um, it's, just, it's just this amazing conversation, um, full of, of mystery and beauty. I'm, I'm sure that the disciples came away from this conversation with more questions than answers, um, but, uh, but it's, it's a really powerful um, conversation. But here in John 14, Jesus talks about the Father and the Spirit. And so I think that it's, it's a really powerful place to start in conversations about the Trinity. Um, but unfortunately, because I didn't have the work, uh, the time to put the amount of work that I needed to here, that's all it's going to be. It's just going to be the start of a conversation about the Trinity. But I think, I think that there's um, a few things that we can say with certainty about the Trinity. Uh, based on this passage and based on the scripture's teaching as a whole. First of all, Jesus teaches us that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all God. Jesus starts out this chapter by telling his disciples to trust in God and trust also in me. And later on, he tells them to trust the Holy Spirit as well. And this is uh, what we've been talking about over the past two weeks, about faith um, as trust and, and as knowledge. To trust in God means to trust the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are God. And Jesus talks about knowing God uh, in the same way. Jesus tells his disciples that because they know the Holy Spirit, they know him and they know the Father. So knowing and trusting God, the root of faith that we've been talking about over these past two weeks, is a Trinitarian act. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. And to know God means to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The second thing that Jesus teaches us is that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are distinct. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. The three persons of the Trinity are distinct persons, which is something that Christians have always confessed and believed. Through the Holy Spirit, who lives in us, we are united to the Father and the Son 
But this doesn't mean that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are, uh, are lobbed together in this confusing blob of, of, of Trinitarian-ness. Um, the, the, the Spirit unites us to the Father and the Son. Um, but these three persons are still distinct. The Father rules from heaven, the Son died for our sins, and the Spirit lives in our hearts. And these three roles reveal the, distinct <clears throat> reveal the distinctive tasks of the persons of the Trinity, uh, even as it recognizes the unity of the work that they do. And that's something that we'll be exploring more over these next weeks as we walk through the Apostles' Creed. We'll see that um, these different acts of God are attributed um, you know, primarily to one person of the Trinity, that the Father, the Father creates us, the Son redeems us, and the Spirit sanctifies us. But uh, the, the work of all three are involved in each of those acts. Um, so we looked a little bit at creation this morning, um, but we'll be, looking, uh, we'll be looking at more of that over the next few weeks. The third thing that Jesus teaches us is that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are united. So they're distinct, but they're united. Everything that the Father does, he does through the Son and the Spirit. Everything that the Son does, he does with the Father and the Spirit. And everything that the Spirit does, he does with the Father and the Son. Jesus even says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And that's this beautiful Trinitarian unity that teaches us about what it means to be united to God and also what it means that the Holy Spirit unites us to one another in love. Jesus uh, teaches the disciples these things for their benefit and for our benefit. Um, like I said, I feel like the disciples might have, might have had more questions than answers after this conversation was over. And maybe that's true for us as well. Maybe talking about the Trinity raises more questions than it answers. But one thing that I think is important to recognize is that Jesus tells us these things for our comfort. He tells us these things so that we can know and trust God. And that's the whole tone of this conversation with his disciples is a tone of comfort as Jesus gives his disciples what they need to be able to trust God and to know God in the days to come. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And this, I think, is where we ought to land when it comes to the Trinity. We might not understand how it is that we worship one God in Trinity and the Trinity in unity, but we do know God and trust God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the one who created us. He is the one who redeems us. He is the one who protects us in this life so that we will all be ready for life in the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, O oh God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for creating us in love. We thank you for sending your Son to pay the penalty for our sins and restore us to you. We thank you for sending us your Holy Spirit so that we may know your presence and be led in the way of righteousness.
Lord, we pray that as we go on over the course of this week, that you would continually comfort us with this truth, that we know you and that we can trust you as our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bless us, we pray. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.